You are now listening to the Bayshore Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God, connect to people, and to serve the community. Thank you for joining us today and wherever you are listening. We hope that this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our prayer is that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Happy 4th, and uh, hey, I want to say a big thank you for everybody that's here today. So many times on holidays, people are away and everything. It's so good to see you guys here this morning, and I'm just so thankful that you are here and a part of this weekend here at Bay Shore. And uh, I love 4th of July, one of my favorite holidays. Just love it, and uh, so grateful for it, and so glad that you guys are we're here together. So, hey, listen, we are uh, in a series. In fact, this is the end of the series um, survivor. Eight weeks we've been looking at First and Second Thessalonians, and I'm not going to ask you. You've been here for every one of them. Some of you have been here for every one, and have heard every one, and I'm so grateful for that. But today we're ending uh, this series, and then uh, next week I've got a sort of a standalone sermon, and then the following three weeks, uh, my son Joel is going to be here doing a series uh, on money, how to manage money, how to make investments, called Back in the Black. And if you haven't heard Joel speak before, Joel's an incredible communicator. You're going to learn tons of stuff, and he's going to be speaking here live, um, not next Sunday, but the following Sunday after that. So you're going to really enjoy that series here with Joel back in the black, and then I'll be back after back in the black, so that kind of thing. So anyhow, hey, I didn't even think of that until just then. That's great. So we're in the uh, end of this uh, book of 1 Thessalonians. We touched on both books. But we want to begin reading today. This is Paul's sort of uh, sign-off, his goodbye. And um, here's the thing about Paul's letters. These, these are, this is sort of universally true with Paul when he writes a book. He, always ha- he uploads the front end of the book with doctrine and theology. And then he makes a turning point where he talks about practical things, how the, how the Christian life works, how doctrine and theology work in the real world, in our real lives. So you'll see that in Ephesians, Colossians, uh, it's true in 1 Thessalonians here, every book he writes, even the book of Romans, theology, theology, and then practical living. Very important principle here that we need to kind of lean into as modern churches. Uh, Our modern churches are primarily going practical, all practical, uh, you know, how to live, making the word relevant and all that which is really good. I kind of led the charge on that in this community in some ways, you know, very important. But when you look at New Testament, New Testament has a a balance between theology and doctrine and practical living. So we need to begin to think, if we're going to be thinking generationally about building strong Christians and strong believers in the future, we need to teach them, we need to learn doctrine and theology as well as practical stuff. So anyhow, just very important kind of principle there. But Paul ends like with a lot of things. He's like, he's like he knows he's just about to finish 1 Thessalonians. And he's like writing real fast and he's thinking of these things he doesn't want to leave out. And so he lists a whole bunch of things. He's like somebody that, you know, their cell phone is going dead and they're, they're, they're on a contact with somebody. Karen and I were riding down the road yesterday talking to somebody and we lost. Uh, there's a place where you lose cell reception uh, on Route 26, you know, on the way to Ocean View that we lose cell reception anyhow. And she's talking to her brother and she's trying to get all this stuff in before we lose cell reception. And so when you think about Paul finishing this book, he's got all these things he wants to say, and he's just kind of saying all this stuff real quick. And we can't cover all of it. We're going to cover a couple things 
that he talks about here. Here's how he ends the book, 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 12 through 28. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard, in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but, we always, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all the God's people with a holy kiss. Be affectionate to each other, he's saying. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. He ends the book. Now, as a, you know, you can see where he's trying to say a bunch of stuff real quick. And he's just like, he's just trying to give them all this instruction. Because these are new Christians. You know, they're like less than a year old in the faith. And so they don't know anything. So he's teaching them all these things about how to behave as Christians. So the first thing he says here, which is really interesting, he says basically, give each other a high five. He says, we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you and who care for you in the Lord. So he says, make sure that you, you, know, you acknowledge that you uh, give gratitude for people that work hard among you. And, you know, one of the basic things about this church that Paul is talking to them about is, is to make sure that they pay attention to the things that people do for their benefit. Now, you know, what the word means, acknowledge means, it's the word oida in the Greek, and uh, it means to see or to know. You know, it's so easy to kind of go through life and, you know, good things are happening, people are doing good things, and just sort of not see that. You know, and I know that I'm wired this way, and maybe some of you that are melancholy personality like me a little bit, that I tend to always notice what's wrong, what needs to be improved instead of what is good. Now, I think that's obviously true in our country. It's easy to do that. But, you know, sometimes we have a tendency to just have an eye for the negative and not an eye for the positive. And Paul said, acknowledge those who work hard among you. See the people that are doing good things and acknowledge it, express it. The other day, I was at, uh, Karen and I were at Food Line shopping, and you know, there are a lot of people there, and Millsboro's growing like crazy. I love it. Our community's growing, and I meet people every week that are new that are coming here from Millsboro, that particular town. We have a lot of different towns represented at Bayshore. But, um, you know, the grocery store is packed, and, you know, I'm trying to, to, to figure out what line to go through. You kind of watch the, the people that are cashiers to see how they're doing. You can see the trainees. You want to stay away from those people. <laughs> and so we picked out a line. And, uh, by the way, Food Line in Millsboro has really stepped up its game. 
I mean, they, I don't care now we're talking about yesterday. You know, I don't what's happened to Food Line up there, but they are so much better than they used to be. They're doing such a good job. And anyhow, the guy that was checking us out, he was a young guy, probably 20s, and he was like, man, he was on it. He was scanning those cans, and then you get the produce. The produce is more complicated. You got to put the produce on there. You got to put in the code. And I mean, like, he is like so focused and he's doing it, and we're moving along, and I'm loving that. How many of you like to get in there and get out of there? And he's moving along, and I just noticed that he was serious about his job, and he was doing a good job. So we got everything bagged up, and I, I, I always say this to people when they do a good job. I said to him, I said, man, you did such a good job today. And I don't know, he's had hundreds of people come through all day. I don't know if anybody said to him, you're doing a good job. But he was doing a good job. It was, it was seeing what he was doing. It could have been so easy for me to be on my phone and kind of in la-la land. But to acknowledge means to see or to know those that are working hard among you. Those that are going to, doing a good job. And when we're at a restaurant, if we have a waitress or a waiter that does a great job, that you know they're paying attention to the water, they're paying attention to what you need, and they're right there, I always say, thank you, you did such a good job. And some people, I say to them, I really think you're in the wrong career. <laughs> have you ever had people like that? You know they're in the wrong career. This is not for them. But the Bible says acknowledge those who work hard among you and the Lord. Now, it doesn't mean to give flattery to people that don't deserve it. He says, acknowledge people that work hard among you. You don't give out meaningless affirmations to people that don't deserve it, but people that work hard among you. When Karen was uh, a little girl, her dad used to be a, a rabbit hunter, you know, in Sussex County. I grew up in Sussex County. Some of you that are Sussex Countyans, maybe remember when there was a lot of rabbit hunters in our community in the fields and the woods and her dad had these little beagles that would you know chase the rabbits and all that and Karen used to go hunting with her dad and one time she was hunting with him and he had four or five beagles and there was one beagle that was just hanging around the hunters there and Karen was down there petting the little beagle you know because beagles are the cutest little dogs and her dad said Karen don't pet that dog you never pet a dog that doesn't hunt. And that's a good leadership lesson. You never pet a dog that doesn't hunt. You never give affirmation to somebody that's not doing a good job. But somebody that's doing a good job, somebody that's leaning in, somebody that's, that's really doing a great job. Paul said, if you want to have a good church, you want to have a great church, then you want to acknowledge those you want to see, you want to pay attention to those that are working hard among you. And you want to say something good about that. So I wanted to take a minute today, just a minute to say some good things about people in our church. And, and this is not an exhaustive list. This is just a, a sample list. And uh, I want to just say some good things. Our Femic Island campus that I didn't greet yet, I want to say hello to our Femic Island campus. Would you give our Femic Island campus a big hand right now? I want to say something. You know, our church is great because of a lot of people serving and doing great things. 
Now, in our Family Island campus, we have this guy, a little guy named that's 18 years old, 17, 18 years old, named Gavin Ferruccio. He is the son of, uh, of Jeremy and, uh, and Jeremy's Ferruccio and his wife. They're all, this is Gavin. And Gavin, today is his last day. Uh, son of Gav, uh, son of uh, Jeremy and Reagan Fruccio. This is his last day serving because he's going to the University of Maryland this week. And Gavin has single-handedly served in the Femic Island campus as the media director, not paid as a volunteer. And Gavin, we want to say you've worked hard among us, and we're so grateful for you. And would you give Gavin a big hand for his faithful service? We're going to miss you at University of Maryland, but I know you're going to have a great career there. Also serving with him in that, uh, in that sound booth is a guy named Steve Hart. And I got to have uh, lunch this week with Steve Hart at Sight and Sound when we were on our trip together. And Karen and I just happened to be hit, sitting next to Steve Hart and his wife, Sylvia. And Steve has served faithfully in there. And in that campus, we have the amazing Joel and Brigitte Canfield that lead worship every single week and doing an incredible job. And when I go there, I just love the worship at all of our campuses. When, when Corey's leading worship up here with the, the Fruscios, wherever you got Fruscios on the stage, you're going to have good music. And, uh, you know, they just do such a good job. And then, then you got on our stage, you got the, the Steve Kelly Jr. who plays the drums and then you got Steve Kelly Sr., who sometimes plays the guitar, and today he played, the, uh, played the, the keyboard. And these guys get here while you're still sleeping. They get here early, like six, a little after six, seven o'clock. They're in here working, rehearsing. And how many know, how many sense the presence of the Lord when we were singing today? How many sense it? It was wonderful. But do you know how that happens? It, it happens because they pray, they work, they tune their guitars, and they do that. And we acknowledge those that work hard among us. We acknowledge our worship teams. And I'm so grateful for, for Corey Phoebus. He's one of the greatest guys I've ever worked with. He's an incredible leader. And uh, I've worked with a lot of different worship leaders. And I just have to tell you, Corey's just wonderful to work with. And Corey, we're very, very grateful for you, for what you do in our church. <clears throat> I had a little sermon thing I could say about that, but, you know, I was thinking about how Elijah, before the fire came down on Mount Carmel, that he built the altar. He rolled these big stones and made an altar. Then he, then he built the altar, these big stones. Then he dug a ditch around, and then he poured water in there, and then he prayed, and he called down fire from heaven. And when you think about us sensing the presence of the Lord on Sunday morning, it's, all, it's because that the worship team has already rolled the stones. They've already worked hard. They've already invested effort to make it so good, and then the glory of the Lord falls. So I appreciate Joel and Brigida at the uh, Femic Island campus. I appreciate our worship leaders here Kids ministry, listen to this, kids ministry uh, is in, in our Femic Island campus. We have Adam Rones. Adam Rones is a wonderful guy. He used to come to this campus when we started the campus in uh, Femic Island. He and his wife went there and began, has served faithfully there. So Adam Rones has been a great blessing. Tracy and Jamie Lewis, who used to come to this campus, helped start that campus down there. And if you know Ch uh, Tracy and Jamie Lewis, they are just a wonderful family. They got a special needs child, and they have these wonderful children that they do such a great job with, and, and they just are swamped with home responsibilities. 
But every Sunday they come and they serve at the Thelmacolic campus. And I want to thank you, Tracy and, and Jamie. You guys are wonderful. I had lunch with Jamie, you know, uh, several years ago. He's just the most positive guy in the world. And then Amanda Kenny uh, serves in kids' ministry. Amanda's wonderful, just does a great job as well. And we're just so grateful for, for them. Now, I want to say something about, that's Amanda, uh, that's Amanda by the way. Amanda, they, her and her husband uh, moved here from, I don't know, somewhere in Maryland, Pennsylvania, somewhere and they've been a great part of our church. But I want to say something about uh, this guy that's a part of our campus. There's this guy named Irv Smith that, that when you drive in on Sundays, Irv is the guy you see when you first get here. And if you don't love Irv, you're just going to go to hell. That's all I can say, you know. He's a wonderful guy. Here's the thing you need to know. A couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, he had heart surgery. I don't know if it was open heart surgery. I can't remember, but it was a big deal. He had this heart surgery. We were all praying for Irv. We said, Lord, we need Irv. Don't take Irv to heaven yet. We need him. And I'm telling you, the following week, he had like surgery on Monday or something. The following week, I come to church, and Irv is standing out there greeting people in the parking lot, in the beginning of the parking lot where you come in, and I couldn't believe. We tried to get him to come in. We were chasing him around the yard, trying to bring him in here, have him sit down, but Irv said, I'm going to serve. And, uh, and, and Irv, we just appreciate you, and Harvey Little is always out there as well. In our children's ministry here, Bayshore Community Kids, we have Mike and Mindy from. Uh, wonderful family. And Paul Owens, who was, is a retired pastor, Methodist pastor, who serves every Sunday helping K-5. And Paul, you guys, you and your wife are just amazing. We have Neil Granonzik, who is uh, helping with babies. Now, I don't know how old Neil is, but Neil is at least as old as I am. And when you get my age, chasing babies is something you do on a very limited basis, you know? And uh, Neil just does a great job, and we're so grateful for, for him. And uh, so I'm just grateful for all these people. Uh, today, I want to mention Denise Cleveland. Denise Cleveland, she serves in our student ministry on Wednesday night. Justin Gillette is, just our, is a great, great youth leader in our church. And Denise Cleveland comes every Wednesday night to help serve with kids. And Denise, we're so grateful for your ministry. And how about this? The media department at Bayshore Millsboro, uh, we got Rachel Streaks and Bo Streaks and Mike Chandler. Mike Chandler has been like doing the sound for our congregation for like I don't know how long but a long time and listen you know people never say anything good to the sound people until something goes wrong and they turn around and look at the soundboard like what is wrong with you people back there it's too loud this morning but we need uh, you know we need to thank God for these sound people. I mean, have you ever gone up there to see how many buttons there is? There's a lot of buttons up there. And I don't know how they work, but those guys are faithfully serving. And I want to say to our media department here at uh, our campus here, we love you guys. We're thankful for you. You work hard among us. We acknowledge you. We see what you're doing, and we're grateful for you. Can you all say a big amen? <laughs> 
So we got Rachel and Bo Streak, Mike Chandler, and then our host team, we got um, my brother-in-law, Vernon Ellingsworth, and Don Perkey. I had a wonderful conversation with Don Perkey. Brother Don is one of my friends. I come in on Sunday morning. He tells me how good I preached last week and makes me want to preach good this week. And he's always telling me I'm doing a great job. And I'm telling you, everybody needs encouragement. And he always encourages me, and I'm so grateful for him. And, uh, and Vernon and Don Perky serving the host team. Greg and King, Kim Walensky. Greg is one of my dear friends and been a part of our church for 30-some years. He and Kim serve on the host team. And also, Kim served in our children's ministry. And these guys, have, one of the things that really means a lot to me as a pastor is people that are here year after year, serving the Lord, loving the church, committed to the church. You know, churches go through ups and downs, ins and outs, and, you know, you know, and some people like, you know, it's like a surfboard, they fall off and all that. But you got people that just are called to build the church together, and it's so good to have people that build a church together in a positive way. So we're grateful for that. And then we got Connie McGee and Howard LaCates. Howard has been serving in our usher department for about 160 years, I believe. And Howard, we appreciate you and so grateful for you. And uh, we got Connie McGee, Howard LaCates. We got Brenda Abergefell and Barbara Ellingsworth. And I haven't mentioned everybody. This is not an exhaustive list, but this is a sample list. And what did Paul say? He said, if you want to have a great church, he said to the Thessalonians, if you want to have a great church, acknowledge those that work hard among you acknowledge those that work hard among you. See the people that work hard among you. And if we want to have a great church at all of our campuses, then we need to like uh, ask the Lord to help us to see, help us to know what people are doing and say a big uh, high five to them. And I just are grateful for them. And uh, we have food pantry this week, served in our food pantry. We served 30 families this week, or 30 people this week. And as, as Corey mentioned, we, uh, this lady that had her house burned down Sunday night, uh, Bayshore was on the ground there with the fire company. We took the lady to, uh, she lost all her clothes. We took, we took the lady to Walmart, uh, bought her two or three hundred dollars worth of clothes so she had something to wear. She literally was in her nightgown. She was taking a nap when the fire started. And we took her there and then we took her to a motel and we've been taking care of her and loving on her. But every single week, at this church, every single week we have people that come on Wednesdays that need food, that they just they're, they're, they can't make ends meet. And especially with gas prices going up, we have people that haven't been here before that now are having trouble making their budget work. And so Bayshore uh, works on that. And there's people that do that. Uh, George Caban and Ron Irwin, who is at our Femigallon campus, Ron faithfully comes, Karen Jensen, and many, many others and uh, that do a really incredible job. And Leon Howard. Leon Howard is over here. Leon, would you, I don't get anybody, no, I don't think Femigallon can't see you, but would you stand up? This is Leon Howard. He's served in our food pantry for years. And we want to acknowledge you. Say this with me. Acknowledge those that work hard among you in the Lord. One more time. Acknowledge those that work hard among you in the Lord. So, Paul, how's he in the book? He said, you know, acknowledge those that work hard among you in the Lord. Notice, see people that are doing good and express gratitude. Such a fundamental thing. Do it in your family when your wife cooks a good meal, or if you're the cook, you're the husband, you know, you do the cooking, you know, whoever, just acknowledge each other. Karen tells me sometimes, you know, she says, honey, our yard looks so good. 
You're doing such a good job cutting our grass. And she says, all the other neighbor's yards are losers, but yours, <laughs> your yard is amazing. And you know, just that she sees that. And I tell you, the things that Karen does, I, I, I don't have enough time to, to acknowledge her. I want to say one other group of people, our board members, our board of directors, we have a great board uh, group, uh, board of directors at our church. And I think we have a picture of Bruce Cooper and Ro- Rocky Green, some of my favorite people in our church, Bruce Cooper and Rocky Green. Bruce is at our Femic Island campus. Rocky Green is a part of this campus. And uh, these guys, and we have uh, Bruce Cooper, Rocky Green, Ricky LaCates, Rhett Parsons, Patrick Montag, and a whole bunch of, I may have left somebody out, but really great board members. And they, 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 they fastidiously look over spreadsheets and they like, they're making sure that we're managing our money well. They're making sure we're doing well. And they say, Pastor Danny, you got this spreadsheet upside down, and I'll turn it around to get it the right direction. And they're just really, really good at looking at that. So that's very important. So let me, let me go on. He said, acknowledge those who work hard among you. Let's go to the next point. We don't have much time here. Um, the next thing he says, live at peace with each other. He says this in 1 Thessalonians 5.13. Hold them in highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. Live in peace with each other. Paul said to them, live in peace with each other. And you know, when it's, you know when it's hard to live in peace with each other? It's when you're under stress. When you're under stress, it's hard to live in peace with each other because you're under pressure. And when your family's under pressure, you can get a little agitated with each other. I know a few years ago, we were, uh, our staff was down in Atlanta. We went to Andy Stanley's church for a conference, and we're in a van, and we're trying to get back to the airport, and we got lost to the airport, and we're going to miss our flight. And I remember the tension in that van. We're all wanting to get home, and we weren't at our best because we were under pressure. And, you know, when people are under pressure, you know, they aren't always at their best. And this church that we're talking about here is they're being persecuted. They're being they're being put in jail, incarcerated. They're having their funds confiscated by the community. And when you're under pressure, it's easy to be at each other. And our country has been under pressure since COVID-19 in a level like we've never known before. And I've never ever in my adult life seen as much tension in our country about everything. And I think it has something to do with the uncertainty of the future and where things are, and we are under a lot of pressure. So you got to learn to let God give you grace for each other when you're under pressure, because we are not at our best when we are under pressure. And um, I know this in marriage, you know, in your married life, when you're under pressure, you got to really watch your tongue. you got to watch what you say, because when you're under pressure, it's easy to be at odds with each other. The other thing that makes it hard to live at peace with each other is we're different. We're different. Listen, we, here's something you need to know about Bayshore. Bayshore is not a monolithic church. Now, what does monolithic mean? It means to be cut out of one stone. Bayshore is not a church that attracts people that are, are just like each other. We are a church of diversity. We're a church of diversity in a lot of different ways. We're a church of diversity racially, which I am so grateful for. I pray that this becomes the most diverse racially church in, in Sussex County. That's what I, my dream is, that Bayshore becomes an incredibly diverse church. Because God wants to raise up a church in our community. 
God wants to raise up a church in our community where we demonstrate that under Jesus, different races and people can get along with each other. So we're not a monolithic church. We're not a monolithic church politically. We are not a monolithic church politically. I know churches in our community, they are monolithic. Most everybody that goes to that church is of one particular party. That is not our mission. Our mission is bigger than that. And the reason we have that mission is that was the mission of Jesus, to bring diverse people together. Because when Jesus was choosing his disciples, he chose this guy named Simon the Zealot that wanted to overthrow the Roman government. And when he chose Simon the Zealot, whoo, I mean, this guy had a sword under his robe, and he wanted to take out Romans. And the next day, Jesus chose Matthew, the tax collector, who worked for the Roman government. Jesus brought those two diverse groups together under his lordship and used them to build his kingdom. So Bayshore is not a monolithic church. Now, in my marriage with Karen, we've had some issues, some real issues. And I tell you, the issues have been from day one, and the issue has to do with applesauce. My, my wife, Karen... She loves cinnamon applesauce. Now, I love natural applesauce. And I don't know what demon inspired this cinnamon applesauce. But it's a big problem. I said, honey, I don't know what's wrong with you. Why would you would have cinnamon applesauce? It's too sweet. It doesn't taste good. I don't like it. But she keeps buying it, and I say, well, did you buy more cinnamon applesauces than you bought real, real God-ordained applesauce? <laughs> but in our refrigerator, there's cinnamon applesauce and there's regular applesauce. In our church, is a cinnamon applesauce, regular applesauce church. You've got to remember that. So we got to get that. We got to understand that. Listen, if that's not for you, I get it. But we are not called to be a monolithic church. We're called to be a diverse church, to teach Jesus' word, teach the word of the Lord, and let the Holy Spirit sort out stuff in our life and teach us how to live and have a right view toward the world we live in. So Paul said to them, live at peace with each other. Live at peace with each other. Have an ongoing existence of peace with each other. Don't have a, you know, just a momentary peace. Do you know we have 3,400 years of recorded history in, in, in the world? If you were to calculate all the history books, we have 3,400 years of history of world history. How many of those years have been without war? Only 268 years of our recorded human history has been in existence without war. That's 8%, 8% of the time there's, there's been peace. And most of the time there's war. And the church is called by God to come to this place where we live in peace with each other, that we, we learn to listen to each other, that we learn to pray for each other, that we admonish each other with the word, but we are accepting. We don't write people off because their views are different than ours. 
we embrace them because the Bible says to live at peace with each other. The world that Paul went into in the church, the early church, they had slaves, they had slave owners, they had rich people, they had poor people, they had people from all kinds of backgrounds, and they all were brought together under the lordship of Jesus. So Paul said, live at peace with each other. So admonish those that work hard among you, or uh, uh, recognize those, acknowledge those that work hard among you, live at peace with each other. And then he says, rejoice in the Lord always, and we'll end with this little point here, rejoice in the Lord always. And uh, he says, uh, give thanks in all circumstances. Rejoice in the Lord always. And that's in the plural. It means that all of us are to rejoice. And it means to be cheerful, to be cheerful, to be cheerful, be, to have a cheerful attitude. Even though they're in persecution, even though they're going through horrendous times, the Lord through Paul says to rejoice in the Lord always. It's in the imperative mood in the Greek. It means it's an order. Rejoice in the Lord always and give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I just have to tell you that, that that's hard to do. How many know that's hard to do, to give thanks in every circumstance? And it doesn't mean, it doesn't say, it doesn't say all things are good, all circumstances are good. It just says, in the midst of bad things, in the midst of troublesome things, give thanks in everything. And Paul ends his letter to them by saying this, that listen, you're being persecuted as a church, you're under pressure, but I'm telling you to rejoice in the Lord always and to give thanks in all circumstances. Last thing I do every day, and I say this pretty much every Sunday, my last thing I do every day is I say the Lord's Prayer. I get on my knees. I started kneeling a number of years ago. I had quit kneeling after I, after I was a kid growing up, kneeling to say prayers, and I never knelt as an adult. And the Lord dealt with me about kneeling, so I kneel down every evening before I go to bed, and I always say the Lord's Prayer. And I, the Lord's Prayer has become so meaningful to me and I pray this part of the prayer every day. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When I say that, what it says to me is, is that where I am right now, where I am right now in my life, you're the sovereign Lord of. Now, there are some things that I don't like. There are some things that are going on that I don't like. But your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm in your will right now. And you're working in my life. And when I can look at life as God being sovereign over my life, if I feel like the levers are all in my hand, it's torment. But if I can believe and know that God is sovereign, he's in charge. Remember when Joseph was cast into prison by his brothers in the book of Genesis and he was in prison for like eight or 19 years and his brothers came to him after his father died. They thought Joseph was going to throw him in prison. And here's what, here's what Joseph said to them. You meant it for evil. You meant to hurt me and to harm me. But God meant it for good to save many lives. In other words, where I am, I am where I am because you are in charge. And I have gone through what I've gone through for a purpose. And you can rejoice if you know God is sovereign. You cannot rejoice you cannot, it's impossible to rejoice if you believe you're pulling the levers. It's impossible. But when you accept the fact that there is a God who's bigger than you are that's over your life, then you can trust him. You can trust him. I was, uh, years ago, many of you heard me tell the story before when my son Tim was just a little guy. I pulled him in a, he loved, we had this little wagon, a little red wagon. I used to pull him in and he loved that little wagon. He would tell me to, you know, 
pull me faster, Daddy, pull me faster. And one day, we used to live next door to the church in a trailer mobile home, and there was a big lawn in front, and he wanted me to pull him. And I'm pulling him in that, that little wagon, and he's laughing. He's jumping up and down. He's laughing, bouncing up and down in the wagon. And I hit a pothole, and that pothole made the wagon go front forward into this hole, and then he flew out into the yard, right, skidded on his little face, you know. First thing I did was look at the trailer to see if Karen saw what happened. And then I attended to Tim. I wanted to attend to myself first. But the funniest thing about that, Tim would never ride in the wagon with me ever again. He never said, Daddy, pull me in the wagon. In fact, if I came home and he was sitting in the wagon in the driveway, he would get out of the wagon. Because he did not trust me. And you can trust God. You can trust him when you're going through a hard time. You can trust him when things don't make sense. Charles Spurgeon said, God is too good to be unkind, too wise to, may, to be mistaken. I may not always be able to trace his hand, but I can always trust his heart. And I may sometimes can't trace God's hand. And that's why Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice all of you. Plural, all of you Thessalonians, all of you Bayshore people, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice and give thanks in every circumstance because God is in control. That's his instruction. And I love it. I love Paul. I love what he says at the end of this letter because this works in real life. When you live this way, when you think this way, when you're grateful for people that are doing good things and when, you, and when you live at peace with people that are different than you and then when you can rejoice in things you don't understand, you can have a wonderful, wonderful life. Would you lift your hands to the Lord? Let the Holy Spirit minister to you this morning. There's just some good things God's pouring into your heart this morning. I sense the Holy Spirit really speaking to people, really speaking to folks this morning. He's with you. He hasn't left you. You're under pressure. You're, under, you're stressed. You're a little edgy sometimes. God wants to pour his peace on all of us. I need his peace. You need his peace. We need to be in the peace of the Lord because it doesn't matter what's happening around us. We can't control it. We can't pull the levers, but God is in control. So we ask you, Lord, to bless us today as we begin a new week and as we celebrate this great, great holiday of this wonderful country we get to live in country where we can preach your word freely. We ask you, Lord, to bless us and help us to know that you're with us and you've never forsaken us. And may you fill us with your word and your grace in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bayshore Podcast. I want to encourage you to take this message you just received and allow it to go deep into your soul and let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thanks to everyone that gives generously to Bayshore. It's because of you that this ministry is possible, creating life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading the message around the world by going to bayshore.online and clicking give. For all things Bayshore, visit bayshore.online to find out what your next step may be. You can subscribe right here and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.